This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 206 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one dedicated to the world of UA, UAC. UAC. You will have a bit of that. Woo-hoo. I've invented a new sport, uh, UFC. Um, if this is the first time you ever come across us, you can get us on iTunes, Fight Disciples. You can get us on Android via our website, fightdisciples.com. And we're all over social media at Fight Disciples Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And YouTube, and I'm pointing you towards YouTube uh, because on the day that we're recording this, we're recording this on Monday the 4th of June, Mm. right? It's exactly, exactly two years to the day where Michael Bispin became the UFC middleweight champion of the world. Obviously, last week he decided to call it a day and retire from MMA competition. So what we've done is stuck up, uh, I think it's 36 minutes in length, our, uh, our time with Michael Bispin when he came to visit us at the Fight Disciples studios. It's all there, uncut. Uh, you can get stuck into it. The full shebang is on our YouTube channel right now. Go and have a bit of a watch of it because he's on there talking about his time, obviously growing up in, in Lancashire, going to Orange County, his trials and tribulations in the UFC from tough right through to becoming the champ. And then we uh, have a little bit of a chat about... Uh, predicting 2017, which we got right. We predicted that he would do a little bit with GSP. Anyway, it's all on there. It's a proper Paitas loving, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's just me and him fucking talking about being from Blackman and Clitheroe. Oh, he's the DJ. What was the name of that club in Clitheroe? <laughs> fucking pricks. <laughs> you can say that to me, but don't say that to the champ. <laughs> anyway, it's all on our YouTube page. Go and have a bit of a nosy, all right? At Fight Disciples. Uh, speaking of Bisping, we'll start with Bispin. Absolutely. Come on, that's the big story of the week. I know, that, I know there's fights and loads of stuff to get stuck into regarding uh, UFC 225 this weekend. But let's start with Bispin. You have been covering mixed martial arts for the best part of 15 years, mate. Yeah. So you've covered Legend. the whole fucking career. From tough three, winning that. First dude from overseas to do that. Yep. And then to obviously go and become the first UK UFC world champion. I mean... It's quite fitting that it's in because he's the one that blazed the trail. Yep. Um, and I'm actually quite happy that he called it a day. I know that I want it. I've, I've said on previous podcasts that I wanted my moment to be in the arena when he stood in the middle of the octagon and he puts the gloves there and he walks away. I wanted that moment. Of course I did. But I'm kind of nice that he's doing it on his terms. He's just gone, do you know something? There's nothing left for me to play about with anymore. Mm-hmm. I've, I've climbed a mountain and I've done what I needed to do. It was nice that he did it in the aftermath of Darren Tillam emerging to be like the number two welterweight in the world as well. I felt like a real passing of the torch and they've shared my tight coach as well the coach that worked with Bispin when he was in the UK is the guy that kind of brought through Darren Till and you know there's a real connection there as well so that's cool as fuck I just remember you know I, I remember going to Witness to Wolf Slayer as it when it used to exist in Witness which for anyone who doesn't know it's just some fucking little backwater town between Liverpool and Manchester and that's basically where Wolf Slayer was the centre of the MMA universe when Bispin conquered tough and it was literally just a fucking hour weird house shed. There was corrugated roof, which I'd after the corrugation was missing. It was dripping water. It was fucking freezing cold. It was a proper dive. It was a proper old-fashioned MMA gym. You know, sawdust on the floor and everything. It was fucking horrible. And I remember going down there to interview Mike when I was a local newspaper journalist. And, um, and, and just in the aftermath of Tough when he first came back and the journey he was on and how wild he was then. He was just a complete live wire and he was then talking about becoming UFC champion and everything else and just to see his growth over the years and obviously moving to America completely changed him and um, made him a much more all-round fighter, working with Jason Perillo, added a lot to his game after some incredible work he'd done with all the guys at Wolf's Lair, of course. 
I, I just think he's been on this incredible journey. You're right, he's been an absolute pioneer for the sport and it would have been it would have been so unfortunate had he retired not having had the belt wrapped around his waist. Yeah. If anyone's career deserved it, it was yeah. Michael Bisping <clears throat> for what he'd done. It was kind of perfect and fitting that he got to wear it. However briefly, it doesn't really fucking matter. He was middleweight champion. He was the best middleweight on the planet mm. during a period of time and his career deserves that. And it's what comes next. That's the most exciting thing. He's broke that boundary now. A British fighter has become UFC champion. Fucking awesome. Floodgates open. Let's go for it. Mm. And it's the next generation that have inspired <clears throat> behind him. The likes of Darren Till and people like that. Tom Brees come back in style in Liverpool. You know, I've got Arnold Daniel Allen pulled it out the bag once again and I just think there's this, this whole generation just below him now just waiting to take over. And they've seen him do it, so now they know they can do it. What a story, though, and what an inspirational story because I know that he's going into movies and he's already in movies now, but his actual story itself is a movie script, mate. From, like you've said, winning a competition, mm-hmm. tough three, yep. to getting himself into the UFC, to be in the UFC for that period of time, yeah. there's got to be, you've got to have something, and, and to not be a champion, yeah. right? You've, there's got to be something about you as a character, the ups and downs. You've got to be, you've got to have that X factor that we talk yeah, about. of course. You know, because we see so many great fighters come in and we, we're going to speak about Yara Rodriguez out and then a weird situation this week, but we'll talk about him a little bit later on. Yeah. Tremendous fighter. Yeah, yeah. But the UFC were prepared to cut him. Yeah, yeah. Like that. They've, they've had many, many opportunities to cut Mike, I suppose, down the years. Yeah. Where he's been the nearly man, where he's lost those final eliminators, where he's not, where he's not got at there. one stage as well when he was losing the final eliminators. They, you know, they were look, they must have been thinking, this is one of the highest earners on our roster. He's been around for so long. Yeah, he's he's been in so many big fights, pay per views, everything, and yet we're gonna have to put him on this fight night in Singapore because we've got nowhere else for him to go. Yet we're paying him like he's a fucking pay per view fighter. Do you know what I mean? It's like. They kept him around because they knew he had the X Factor. He knew he brought in an audience. We talk about fighters being Marmite. He was Marmite for a long time. When he first, but, when he first landed in Tough, the Americans were like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This crazy Englishman. We can hardly even understand his accent. And he thinks he's going to win this. And he steamrolled everybody. And suddenly it was like, oh, shit. People outside of America can actually win MMA fights. This, mm. is, this is a revelation. To go on that journey with him, and then to I think he's won over the American audience now as well. I think he's massively popular. In but do you now. think that's because something dropped where he got the game? Then yeah, all right. Those early early I think days. He, I think he always got the fact that he needed to be the bad guy to be to be the heel. Yeah, because that's how fight sports works. You're either a hero or a heel, or you're somewhere in between, and no one gives a fuck about you. Yeah. So you choose a lane, and he got pretty early on. Right, I'm English. I'm outspoken. They don't like me. Fuck it. I'm playing up to it. I'm going to be the bad guy. But somewhere along the lines, kind of like in, in wrestling it happens as well, the heel become the hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, and I think he built that transition. He made that transition himself. He knew what he was doing. He's not daft, Mike. Yeah, yeah. He knew what he was doing, and now he's a hero. No, absolutely. That, that, that's Incredible. what I mean that, regarding the, 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 the smarts of being able to do that. Whereas absolutely. so many fighters now just think it's about going in the octagon and performing. Yeah, yeah. It isn't necessarily about that. No. Mike, from a, from a very early age, like, like you say, you went into tough, and I think you got a real showing of where he was at personality-wise at that time of his life. He was yeah. a young guy, like you said. He was a light Loads wire. He, he was all over the world. The Americans didn't get him at no, all. He was all over the place. And he was a hothead, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas him sampling that and being a part of that, then winning that, and then getting himself involved in the UFC, he's obviously learned very, very quickly of, as you've just said, what lane to get in. He's got in that lane and played that lane. But what, I, what else I, w- I want to bring up as well, you don't have that length of career in the UFC 
if you're if you don't have a good relationship with the boss. Yeah. If you don't have a good, good relationship with the top boys, all right? For him to get the shot at Luke Rockhold, you've got to have a good relationship with the boss because let's be honest, he was only coming off the back of that win with uh, Anderson Silver to get that shot, right? Yep. So for him to have built up that credit in the bank with Dana White over that period of time tells me that Dana White has phoned him on many, many occasions down the years to save his ass. Yeah, yeah. And therefore Dana felt, whether he did or he didn't, but he felt like he owed him one. Maybe with the Luke Rockhold thing yeah. or the length of contract. Maybe, oh, maybe we shouldn't give Mike a contract this time, but I'll tell you something, he's fucking pulled us out of the shit a few times, hasn't he? So I'll tell you something. There you go, Mike. There's another three contract. Yeah, yeah. There's another three-fight deal for you. You know what I mean? That just says everything that you need to know about Mike because once the, when the phone rings, you know the answer is going to be yeah. yeah. He isn't going to be one of these guys that fucking is picking and choosing who he's fighting. He just turns up and rocks and rolls. Absolutely. And you know what? That is critical. And uh, it, it, it's weird because we talk about the fact that the fighters need a uni and the fighters need to fight back against the UFC and every other promotion, not just the UFC, but need to take control of their own careers and everything else. But then there's a lot to be said about being a company man and being loyal to the UFC brand, especially over the last 10, 18 years, where I think Zuffer have had it 18, 19 years. Because they took it out the shit and built it into what it is, they appreciate the fighters that are loyal to them and have worked hard for them and aren't going, where the fuck's my next paycheck? Where's my money? Like Dan Hardy, a good mate of ours, good mate of the show. He he kind of says now, you know what? I believe I've got this opportunity to be an analyst, and he's a he's the best analyst on the planet, in my opinion. I believe I've got this opportunity because I had always had a great relationship with the UFC. Yeah. The UFC never cut Danny, lost quite a few fights after he lost the GSP. Yet they never even dreamt of cutting him because he was a company man to the end. Every single time they picked up the phone to Dan, he says, I, I always said, okay. They, they'd say, right, you're fighting in September. And he'd go, yeah, okay, fine. There wouldn't be a conversation about who it was or how much he was getting. Mm. It was, right, I'm going, yeah, that's fine. And he believes they, that's he's paid, he's got that in the bank with the UFC now, which has enabled him to build a secondary career with the yeah, UFC. Yeah, yeah, Similar to Bisping. Bisping has built now a career on the Fox desk. And no doubt when it moves over to ESPN, he's gonna, they'll probably use him even more. The thing more. is, the thing is, I mean, a lot of fighters have got to start taking note of this because look at the relationship. It's money in the bank yeah, with but that look relationship. Where, look where Connor is. Yeah, exactly. Connor's done the exact same. All right, Connor calls the shots now. Yeah, of yeah. course he does. But in the early days when he first got in there and he's fighting over in Sweden and shit like that and then people are dropping out on him on a day. Like Chad Mendes, what did he he had that on seven days or something? Five days even. Yeah. And there's that famous video. Less than that. When he was in bed. Yeah, he's that famous video. He's in bed. Dana knocks on the door and he says, mate... Um, you're not getting your title shot and we're going to put you in with the number one guy who's actually completely opposite from the guy yeah. you're going to fight. And he just went, yeah, whatever. <laughs> exactly. Whatever, I'm going back to bed. Fuck off. <laughs> And then that, like you say, that's money in the bank. Now, Connor's obviously got himself to that situation. Bisping got himself to that situation. You just mentioned Dan. There's a few like that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these younger lads have stopped, have got to get... Like Yara Rodriguez. Get the chip off your shoulder a little bit. Get off your fucking iOS and start looking at how the big boys went to go and earn the big money. Yeah. And you've got to kind of walk that path. Mike's blazed that trail. Certainly right now, because there is no union. There is no there is no Muhammad Ali protecting fighters with the UFC. Mm. It's their way or the highway. So you either fucking get involved. And it's funny speaking to Darren Till about it. And, I was know, just about to bring him up because he has that mentality. Yeah, he's like, you speak to him and he's like, I'm not asking about money. It doesn't bother me. The money will come. I will fight whoever the UFC want me to fight. If you want me to fight Kamari Osman, I'll fight Kamari Osman. I'm not asked. Whatever the UFC want me to do, I'll do. Dana loves that. Because he kind of gets it. and because He gets that, yeah. Because all Dana's trying to do is, and maybe it's maybe it's not right now for the climate. And I get the argument for this fighter union. They do need protecting. They do need to, to you know, arguably earn more money. Because it's not a it's not a scratch on what boxes are in and mm. for selling out the same type of venues. Mm. But they, don't forget where the UFC and Dana White have come from. They came from nothing. 
This thing was in the fucking toilet when they picked it up, and they've built it into something amazing. Yes, the fighters should be getting more money, but yes, also the fighters need to know this is the Champions League, and you can't pick and choose who your opponents are. Mm. You've just got to fucking get out there and throw down. And you know what? If you throw down and give it your all, you will fight again. You don't just get cut. If, you, if you're fighting and it's entertaining, Brad Pickett. They won't cut you. Brad exactly. Pickett, prime example. Exactly. As long as you throw down, put, leave it all on the line and fucking go for it and put on a show, the UFC have proven over the years they won't cut you. Mm. If you want to get in there and try and leg hump, some, hump someone to victory, mate, good luck the first time you lose because you'll be out the door. Mm. And that's been proven over the years. No, absolutely. absolutely been proven over the years. Mm. Mike has absolutely proven himself to be one hell of a company man for the UFC. He's been a, un, undoubtedly the greatest pioneer for British mixed martial arts. He goes with our blessing, absolutely. It's kind of it's kind of heartbreaking to know that we won't hear um, his walkout tune again because it was fucking absolutely Michael Bisman, wasn't it? I'd love to hear it one more time. But um, listen, he's had a great career and uh, hopefully he has a great post-fight career. Hopefully he's able to stay away. I'll be happy with Mike being retired when we see him with his eye sorted. You know, he's got that oil in his eye to protect yeah, his yeah, eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he always said that he couldn't have that operation until... He had his eye sorted, so hopefully that's the next step. Now we see him with his with his eye looking looking normal and everything else. And that for me will be the fact that Mike is now officially retired. But we'll be heartbreaking not to wear that tune one more time. Thanks, dude. Right <laughs> up there, didn't I? I was talking through them while I could see you searching for well, it. Well, as soon as you mentioned it, I thought to myself, do you know, some, uh, I'm going to have some fucking blur. Yeah, that's what Come I'm on. Do. I mean, how good was it's this? Got, this used to get me jacked. Every like, I was lucky enough to be at quite a few of Mike's fights. <laughs> Mate, as soon as this come on, you're like, fucking yes, we're going to have a fight now. Because you knew Mike always produced. Never in a shift fight. Very rarely in a shift fight. Don't hold me to that. But he was very rarely in it a shift fight. Anderson <clears throat> Silva, one of the greatest fights I've seen live in mixed martial arts history. Mm. Absolutely fucking amazing fight. What a roller coaster that was. No, it was sensational. In fact, I've made a little list And he always here. said he'd beat Anderson Silva. When Anderson had that amazing run, he, Mike always get, would always lose the penultimate fight before he got the shot at Anderson. But he always maintained in his career, I've got the start to beat Anderson Silva. And he was fucking right as well. I've made a little list here of uh, my top three Bispin moments. There, okay. I mean, there's tons. I mean, a lot of them yeah. are on the mic giving people shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the octagon... Are you talking about fights now? In the octagon, I made, I made three, right? Okay. Um, Kung Lee. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, he got a performance in the night bonus for that particular fight. That's, yeah, yeah. that's the most clinical I have seen Bispin ever in the UFC. Mm. Kung Lee, right? Yep. Silver, who you've just mentioned. Anderson Silver, yeah. That was fucking amazing. I'd actually... That was amazing. I'd actually put silver above Rockhold. Above Rockhold. And, Ro- and, Ro- and, Ro- and Rockhold's there, obviously. So I've got yeah, yeah. Kung Lee, Anderson Silver, and the Rockhold win. The Rockhold win is obviously the cherry on top of the cake, right? He chins the best in the division and becomes the middleweight champ, of in, course. In a rematch, which he'd lost yeah. fucking embarrassing. On 17 days' notice. I mean, yeah, yeah, the whole yeah, narrative yeah, yeah, about that yeah, is absolutely yeah. outstanding. Yeah. But Anderson Silver was the one. The Anderson Silver fight is the one. That's the that's the best fight I've ever seen. Yeah, it was unreal. The guy was, was fucking, fucking knocked out in the third round, man, and he still won. I just remember Jason Perillo picking him up at the end of that third round when he was out cold, basically dragging him back to the corner and going, "Come on, we're still in this, we're still in this." And then Bispin went out and won the fourth round. Won the fourth round. Fucking amazing stuff of the stuff of legacy. Now on the, our YouTube channel, he talks about that particular moment and. Uh, he, the, he's had so many amazing yeah, he's fights, had so, yeah. but fuck me, that was the Go one. and have a look at the video of uh, Bispin in our studio 
talking about that particular moment. And because uh, I asked him, like, what, what the fuck's going through your head? You've won the first two rounds, you've won the majority of the third round, then you've been chinned on the fucking buzzer and you're out, mate. You, you've thrown it away. It. Wasn't there flying? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're out. You're out cold, right? And he's like going, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Jason Perillo, as you just said, drags me bike. I didn't get a cut, man. All my face is fucking all over the place. And Jason Perillo says, said to me at the time, he looked through all the fucking claret on my face. He just saw two, well, one and a half blue eyes looking through the fucking <laughs> claret. And he went, this motherfucker's got this, right? Slapped me on my back and sent me on my way. And I thought, right, I better fucking put up a shut up and get on with it. <laughs> That's the attitude though, isn't it? Yeah. That's why we love him. Of course. Because he would never back it's- down exactly he never quit absolutely that, i think that's what that's why he survived so long the fact that he wouldn't turn down a fight he's fucking he's been incredible but it's his engine for days it's the fact that mike bisman you cannot stop that motherfucker you've got to knock he, him out when he cold. Switch, exactly when he gets in there he is like t2 it's like the terminator he's just going to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming until you put him to sleep and if you can't put him to sleep good luck beating him Mm. incredible career no it was an incredible career absolutely incredible career and I hope that we get uh, more access to you now Mike yeah, you come on get, the show get a little bit more over to the UK and we mm. get a bit more uh, a bit more he's a good studio crack, time oh he's a laugh he's a good crack you want to get on the air with him <laughs> you don't <laughs> actually no you, no, you, you no, absolutely you, don't no you don't <laughs> <laughs> you want to stay out of the way <laughs> especially in Clitheroe carnage <laughs> um, which moves on nicely to obviously one man calling it a day of a fantastic career and the the rise of another man's uh, UFC career after his uh, victory against Stephen Thompson. Uh, Darren Till is the, obviously the boy that everybody's talking about here in the UK and where to next. Dana says Vegas, and we fully agree with that. He's been thrown in at number two in the welterweight division now, whatever them rankings are worth. We slag him off yeah. uh, for good or for bad, whatever. Not really fucking interested. We know that he's the bollocks. However, this week, I want to talk about weight cutting. Yeah, me too. Because of that, because of that video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loads of people have been tagging us in uh, loads of different stuff uh, because a video was released of obviously Darren's weight cut and uh, what he was going through. Now, I don't know what... Do you know something? When I was watching it, I was like, yeah, but I've seen this before. Do you know what I mean? I've seen... And maybe this is a bad thing from my point of view now that I'm becoming immune to it. Yeah, yeah. And I I can't... We can't, right? Because you can't watch a, a normal human being go through what they're going through and this, he's not isolated Darren Till is not isolated yes no. I know he's a big boy and I know he's got to get down to 170 and he ended up missing weight for this particular fight but he, this is a regular thing for him and it's a regular thing for the majority of US, UFC fighters boys and girls they're doing the exact same thing I mean I saw a similar video with Paige Van Zandt a couple of yeah. uh, months back it was fucking horrendous to watch Chris Cyborg one was even worse yeah but I'm like I'm, I've seen that many of them now and it's yeah. that normal in this game I'm like yeah but I've seen this before. So that when all the outpouring of outrage from people who listen to us, they're going, lads, what are you going to say about this? He's fucking bollocks. What's this all about? We need to do this. That, it was only then that I thought to myself, yeah, maybe we do need to address it. Yeah, yeah. Because if we don't address it, then we become part of the bullshit that's currently going on. That's the problem. These guys can't keep doing this thing to themselves no. and then 24 hours, 36 hours later, get themselves into the, into the octagon and fight for our entertainment. There's got to be different things to come in now in order to stop that shit happening. For those that haven't seen it, by the way, it's all over social. Just put in Darren Till weight cut and you'll see the video of him in a sweatsuit on the sauna. He passes out running. He ends up blacking out in the gym and what have you. And a lot of people were slagging off gym members and stuff like that, that they should have stepped in. I don't think you can because no. that's their world. That's exactly. what they do. This is, every, this is normal for them. Every person who was in that video has done it themselves. 
Mm. Every person, they're all, they're all members of Team Carbon. Everyone who's there has done it. They've Terry Etem, all them guys, Scanlon, you know. Grundy. Grundy. Everyone, Colin. They, they fucking all, they've yeah, been yeah. through it. They, they know what it takes. This is, this is what MMA fighters do to make weight. Like, like fucking at least 75, 80% of the UFC roster. And then add that across all of MMA. This is what they do. This is this is the this is the how it works in mixed martial arts. It's not like boxing. In boxing, you have regulations, or you have governing bodies, or you have um, you know pr- promotions, whatever. Have a certain rule set. Certainly, the, 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 you know we, we take the piss all the time about the multitude of boxing belts. However, each organization has a certain type of requirement for making weight and measurements of making weight during camp. So the WBC, for instance, if you fight for their belt, you have to get weighed in every week or every other week throughout for, uh, for the 10 weeks yeah, or whatever fortnightly, it is. Fortnightly, every so two weeks. I think the WBO have something like in, in the final four weeks before the championship fight, you have to make weight every week. Yeah. Now, IBF have, as, a check, as you know, IBF have a check weight between weighing and fight. There you go. So, so you've got to hit a certain weight there. As you know, my folks own a, a, a fighter medical clinic. We have boxers come to, we, my mum has boxers go to that clinic weekly in the build-up to championship fights to get their weight measured by the doctor. And the doctor has to sign a letter to say, on this day, this guy weighed this, yeah. and he signs it, and it gets sent to the the, the British Boxing Board of Control. Because they've got the to be a body. certain percentage it, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it all gets measured. So they make sure that the weight cut is safe. It does not happen in MMA. There's, there is no governing body in MMA overruling everything. There is no... Uh, individual, uh, you know, athletic commissions saying you've got to do this or you've got to do that. Or even in America where there are some, it's completely conflicting depending on what yeah. state you're in. Mm. You know, this is, don't forget in America, you can't even get the fucking states to agree on the rule sets. They yep. use different rule sets for different states. Mm. That's how fucked up it is. So weight cutting has just kind of been pushed on the back burner constantly. But listen, weight cutting was a major, major issue in college wrestling up until about 1997 or something like that. And in 1997, Three, three. I think three college wrestlers died within a five week, with a five week time frame. Cutting weight, cutting weight, and they went right. Fuck this. We're doing something. These are these are kids in college, and they changed the rules. They they changed the way they cut weight because it was exactly what MMA fighters do now. Now the reason MMA fighters still do it the old way is because that's the. That's it's taken. You know, MMA was originally built on college wrestlers. Mm. You know, guys coming in who were fucking fancy. They didn't wrestle. And a lot of coaches, a lot of trainers, a lot of nutritionists are still of that ilk. Come from that world, so that's why we're stuck in this world. And now, what you'll find is, you know, before you argue and say, "Well, fucking Darren Till and his his team aren't from college wrestling," no, but they're competing in in an era in a in a sport that does do that. So it's natural that they would do that. Otherwise, they're going to fight at a disadvantage. Mm. If you know, I'm not. If, if someone's doing it, everyone's going to do it. It's like drug cheating, you know what I mean? If, if there's no drug testing, well, mm. you may as well all take drugs. Mm. So if there's no restrictions on weight cutting, then you're all going to do it the same way. You're all going to fucking cut weight in the most dangerous way possible. And that is to absolutely 100% deplete your body of every bit of water you can possibly get out and in the shortest space of time. So you only have to make weight, don't forget, for 30 seconds. Mm. Mixed, this is the biggest threat to mixed martial arts, I believe. The biggest threat in the sport. Now, this week I tweeted the IWMAF, who are, who are, gov- who are organization who are trying to become the FIFA, the, the governing body of mixed martial arts. And I, I hit them and was like, you've got to get involved in this conversation. And they were saying, yeah, yeah, but we, we, we kind of marshal the amateur side of the sport. We're, we're focusing on the amateur side of the sport because we want to get into the Olympics and we want to get uh, sports accord membership and we want to get into Sport England and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, but wait... 
You won't get any of that shit if someone dies in the pro game. Because all them go, 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 government organisation groups that you want to be involved in will just go, fuck you, someone died in your sport. You're not going to get in the Olympics. You'll be even further away. You've got to get involved in the conversation because you're part of the conversation. Mm. Mixed martial arts needs to reform weight cutting before someone dies. Mixed martial arts needs to reform weight cutting before someone dies. That's a fact. I, I said that twice for a reason. That's a fact. That's how dangerous this is. It's the biggest threat to the sport, categorically. So regarding the reform, I mean, the obvious thing for me, because a lot of people, obviously, on our social media this week have been comparing boxing and UFC, or yep. mixed martial arts, right? I, yep. I don't want to use the franchise rather than the actual sport. So the, the, using the comparisons. Now, the obvious one that sticks out to me, right, is the weight categories, the parameters for the weight categories are too far apart in the UFC compared to the world of boxing. For example, at the very most... You might have seven pound difference between uh, middleweight and super yeah. uh, middleweight. That's eight pounds, should I say? But you, but you get the, you get the gist. We're not talking fifteen pound differences, Just right? Over a stone, over a stone and differences between, between welter, welterweight and middleweight. Yeah, right. And it keeps going up and going up. Yeah. So would you would you first of all before we talk about how we would reform it? They've attempted something with the new weigh-ins, right? So these new weigh-ins, which is two years old this week, yeah. It's actually made it worse. Double. There's more people missing weight yeah. now than there is in the two years previous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the old weighing system where they were weighing in 24 hours before, obviously, actual fight night. Yeah. So why is that? Are, are fighters just getting their weight cut wrong? Are they just not allowing for the extra 12 hours that they're allowed? So originally, the, the actual weighing that we see on TV for the fans, like in boxing, was the weighing. Yeah. And then they said, California Athletic Commission two years ago said, right, we're going to change it. And Nevada said, yeah, okay, we're in with you. They're going to change it to a between 9 and 11 a.m. weigh-in at the fighter hotel on the Friday morning. This yeah. is obviously the fight on a Saturday. And then they would use the, 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 the one later in the day as a ceremonial weigh-in. Now, was the excuse... The reason behind it was purely to give fighters more time to rehydrate. Okay. That's it. That that that's it. It's not about helping people make weight. It's not about making sure more people make weight. The reason they brought it in was so the fighters have got more. Instead time of having twenty four hours, you got thirty six hours. Exactly. Right. You basically get more. You know, there's more hours on the clock to re, to replenish yourself. But the issue I've got with that is, why not make it fucking the week before then? Yeah, it wouldn't have no effect, would it? Why, why don't you make it two weeks before? Because all you're doing is you're giving people. Mo- if you, you say, okay, you've got more time to recover. Okay, well, I'll cut more weight then. Yeah. So you, 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 you're, you're making the problem worse by giving them more time to rehydrate because fighters are going to go, oh, you know what, I can fucking kill myself because that extra 12 hours, yeah, yeah. I'll be fucking cool. I'll be even bigger. I'll feel even, I'll be even bigger, exactly. So if you're going to bring it forward another 12 hours, mate, bring it forward a week if you want. And then we're getting away from, what, what's the fucking point of having weigh-ins then? You know, if we're going to go there, what, what, what? the point of the weigh-in for me in fight sports, the reason we weigh fighters in the day before is to try and make it a safe fight. It used to be they used to weigh in on the scales hours before. They used to turn up at the venue, we'll weigh you in, boys, right? You're both around the same weight, getting the ring in two hours' time. Yeah. And then they realized people were cutting weight and it was dangerous because they were getting in there unhydrated. So then it was the, the rule was changed that, okay, we'll weigh you in 24 hours before because there's only a certain level of weight you can put on and everything else. Safety first, okay, we'll weigh you in before. To bring that forward again, we're, we're now coming away from the fact that we're making a safe fight. I think we're making it more unsafe because you're not putting two guys in there who are going to be the same size anymore. You, 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 you're one, forcing guys to cut more weight, I believe, because they think they've got more time to recover. Right. And two, if you're not someone that cuts a lot of weight, 
you're a complete disadvantage now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're giving him more chance to fucking rehydrate. Oh, thanks very much. I'm going to fight even bigger guys now just because I choose not to cut a lot of weight. I, I just don't think it helps the problem whatsoever. And then on top of everything else, as you just pointed out, the, you know, the, the, the numbers prove that twice as many fighters have missed weight since this rule came in than in the two years previous. Right. So obviously those stats don't lie. So they yeah. must be looking at him thinking, we fucked up here. We got this Doesn't one wrong. So now what they've got to do, they've got to come up with a plan in order to make something work. Because like yeah. you said, the, the worst case scenario is that someone loses their life doing this. Yeah. So they need to, for me, just as an observer outside, not knowing too much about the science of it, I look at, I look at it and go, well, introduce more weight categories then. Yeah. Very, very simple. Why don't you have super middleweight? Why don't you have cruiserweight? Why don't you have these weight categories come in in order to alleviate that 15 pound gap and therefore you're kind of quashing it down to a seven pound gap there? Yeah. Why can't you do that? Especially when you bring in... Is it a talent? Is it the depth of talent? It used is that to what be. it is? It used to be, and that was a fair argument. It was a fair argument that, you know, if you had a cruiserweight division in, well, fucking hell, the heavyweight division is shit as it is. And, and there's still potentially an argument for that now. If they had a cruiserweight division, then, you know, you, you probably wouldn't see Daniel Cormier moving up to fight Stipe. You'd probably see, you know what I mean? It, yeah. You, you'd, you'd find guys up in that weight class. I'm not saying bring in a cruiserweight division. I think the problem is around the... The 155, 170, 185. That's jump. where the majority are being missed, aren't they? 15-pound jump there. There's a 15-pound switch between those three And that's where divisions. the average weight of a guy is, really. Much. In and around think that. 12, between 12 and 13, 14 stone in the Western world. That's pretty normal. Yeah. So it would make sense to go, you know, we've, at the moment it's 125, 135, 145, 155. Then we jump to 170, we jump to 185. Quite easily you just go 165, 175, 185. Take 170 out and put two in. So you put a welterweight division in, you put a super welterweight division in. That would certainly alleviate some problems. But obviously, it's still not going to get away from the fact that there's smaller guys are missing weight as well. I just think that with more options out there, it would stop guys forcing themselves to get, you know... I've got to fight it that I've way. I've got to fight it that way because... I and if I fight it the other way, I'm fucking just too Giving away too, too much small. of an advantage. Yeah, yeah. It's like Kelvin Gastelum, he's kind of lost between the yeah, cracks. Yeah, yeah. As successfully as he is at 185. Mate, he could, imagine how good he'd be at 175. He couldn't make 170. But at 175, he could be fucking the greatest of all time. Instead, we're seeing him fight at 185 when he's way smaller than everybody else. Mm. He's just he got knocked out by us. He yeah, can't that's get why. his body down to 170. So, listen, it, it isn't the be-all and end-all. I think that's that's certainly one thing that I would like to see introduced would be more weight divisions. I think for me, it should... What one Come back to college wrestling, one of the things they did is... I've mentioned this on the show before. At the start of the wrestling season, when the, all the fighters go for a medical, and this happens in boxing, you know, again, my my family own a clinic that does fighter medicals. Everyone gets an annual annual scan, annual brain scan, annual medical, annual bloods, annual urine, all that. Similar world in, in wrestling, but what they do is they also test their body composition on that day. So the start of wrestling school, wrestling season, whatever it is in America, they usually give them a Dexter scan. And that scans your body. It's a full body scan. It checks for bone density, yeah. muscle mass. This is where fluid you should be fighting at, basically. Everything else. And they use science to go, okay, buddy. You're a welterweight. You're a minimum a welter. You can go and compete at middleweight if you want. But scientifically, we've checked you over. You cannot compete lower than welterweight. And then wrestlers, they can't change that. That's it. They can compete at fucking heavyweight if they want. But they can't go lower than what the doctor has told them at the first day of first day of the new season or whatever it is. Why can't we do that? I looked into it, Dexter scan. You're looking at what? Between 20 and 30 quid for a fighter to have that done. Add that into a medical. 
It, 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 it's pennies, really, when you think of this level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pennies. UFC could do it every time someone fights. You just go, right, okay. You had your Dexter scan? No, yeah. Bring the Dexter scan out. Give them a go. You know, bang them on that Dexter <laughs> Give scan. them a go. Stick them on Gang there. them on. Right, okay. Come you, on, get your bollocks out. Let's, let's have a go sure, on this. You know, and you take into account they're at an event they've obviously cut weight anyway but the, the, the beauty of a Dexter scan is it, it scans all that so it'll go this fucker's dehydrated this fucker's not healthy do you know what I mean so it wouldn't really matter what yeah. shape they were in yeah 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 because it actually he goes oh he's carrying a bit of beef this fella do you know what I mean so it probably fucking it probably measured Roy Nelson and be like you can compete at fucking middleweight <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean he's ever going to compete at middleweight but it would measure the fat content and go yeah get rid of that fat son you could get down to 185 yeah He's never going to do that, but it would. It yeah, would, I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? So what, what it is, we are cutting away from people then who have absolutely nothing in their body, thinking to himself, right, who should be fighting, let's say at one seventy, trying to get down to one five five. Yeah, you know what I mean. Those type of kids takes that danger element away. But hmm. listen, this is the, the fact that Darren Till's video went viral here has caused a big uproar. Here, a lot of fans in the UK are going, "Wow, oh, fucking hell, what the fuck is this?" Yeah. Nobody's boo-hooed in America. Mate, that didn't even fucking break the surface in America because they're used to seeing them videos. They know it goes on. Everyone in the sport who's in the sport knows it goes on. That's yeah. why people were saying to me, what do you think of this? I was like, I didn't even raise, I didn't even raise an eyebrow. Yeah, it's fucking horrible to watch. Darren's, Darren's a good mate of mine and all them people in that video are friends of mine as well. I've, I've been at that gym a long time. But uh, you're not showing me anything I didn't fucking expect. I knew mm. that was going on. Of course mm. it goes on. How else do you think he gets down to 170? This is not... Hate the game, don't hate the player. Do you know what I mean? This is the way MMA is. Yeah. MMA needs to reform. Darren Till is not doing anything wrong. MMA needs to reform. The weight cutting process needs to reform. And the people at the top, and unfortunately you, you've got a point at the UFC because they're the pioneers. They're the guys that blaze a trail. They're the guys that every other promotion looks up to and every fight on the planet wants to be involved in. They've got to take the lead and go, okay, we're adding a couple more weight divisions. If you can have a, listen, if you can have a female fucking featherweight division with one real featherweight, mate, you can have two fucking weight divisions either size of 170. Yeah. Of course you can. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, away from weight cutting, there's the science. There's the serious stuff. Yeah. Welcome to the UFC, Nathaniel Wood, baby. Oh, man. Welcome How to the- How fucking good was the prospect, kid? You welcome. <laughs> Um, for those that are Star listening anywhere outside of the UK, I mean, we've been absolutely going crazy for this kid in Cage Warriors, which we haven't really jumped all over on this particular podcast because we kind of concentrate on the UFC franchise, but we've been going to Cage Warriors events for such a long period of time, especially in Liverpool, where Paddy the Baddy doing his thing and Nathaniel's been up there doing his thing and we're we're friends with Brad mm-hmm. and we, 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 we've just been watching this kid rise and rise and rise, become a Cage Warriors champion. And when he got his shot, I was like fucking delighted for him. Absolutely delighted. I didn't know how he'd fare, but fuck me. He went in there and he just dished out a bit of manners, didn't he? And I'm thinking, here we go, mate. We've got another British prospect. I know what a way to start your UFC tenure. Like, it was just fucking absolutely so impressive. Mm. It was a weird card, that one, wasn't it? It, There was first two fights on them. The fight past prelims was amazing. Mm. Then I jumped onto BT Sport, fucking fell asleep two fights in. It was a snore fest. Yeah. And then jumped up the next day and watched the main card, and the main card was absolutely sick. Well, hang on a minute, right? So Nathaniel gets in there and announces himself to the UFC. Well done, Nathaniel. Yeah. Well done, Brad, as well, because I saw him there absolutely fucking buzzing. Yeah, slapping yeah, yeah. it, slapping him in I the know. face as he's walking into the octagon. He takes his worst shots from Brad. Yeah, no, he does. Um, the slam. Be- yeah. Mate, I was, well, what? weird KO of the night is what I've written down here. Wait, not of the fuck? night, of all time. <laughs> we'll talk about Marais and Riviera in a minute, right? But what the fuck was that? That was, if you've never seen, if you've not seen this from Utica at the weekend, right? Check, just go and, 
I bet, I bet you, if you just put a, a UFC Utica in there, right, this would be the first thing that comes up. Probably, yeah, because it was mental. They're up against the cage. It's then like a a back back to back belt belt. Not even it's a like belly a suplex, to belly. It's like a. It's suplex, a weird suplex. We suplex slam or some shit like that. And on the wrestling fucking. But the guy the geeks will be all over us for this. But knocking out the suplex, who picks the other guy up over his head, knocks himself and then out, throws him backwards, but fucking lands on his own head and knocks himself knocks out. Himself out cold. End of the fight. <laughs> Oh man, we shouldn't laugh. It's fucking outrageous, but it's a fantastic meme, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. In fact, it it's one of them moments where, uh, do know, yeah, do you know <laughs> when you don't. do you know when it's actually happening, and then in midair, the the actual picture freezes, yeah, yeah, and then you have a voiceover that comes on and goes, "It was at this moment," <laughs> or something like, "I bet you're wondering how I managed to get myself into this situation." <laughs> You've all, we've all yeah, seen them yeah. films where that type like of a shit Deadpool happens. Deadpool type moment. Yeah, exactly. Just Deadpool's the perfect example. The th- breaks the third wall, starts yeah. talking, like going, hmm, at the moment, it looks like I'm in control. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But what you're about to, to see, see, yeah, yeah, is the shit hitting the fan. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> Knocks himself fucking clean out. <laughs> and then, right, you have the main event. So you've got, um, you've got Jimmy Rivera, 20 fights, yep. 20 wins. Absolutely on a tour, this kid, unbeaten for time. Walks into the middle of the octagon against Moran Marias and gets fucking knocked out in 30 seconds. I know. Crazy. Marias is the real deal, kid. Yeah, I he really is, like him. He I've is, liked him for a long time. When he was World Series a fighting champion for like. Well, a lot of people have been. 70 years, I think he was. 70? 70 years. We've been talking about Marias for a long period of time with a yeah, different man. franchise. Yeah. Now he's he's only just come to the UFC. Yeah. And he's taking on kids that are undefeated in 20 fights and, and absolutely starching him. Absolutely. That's what training with fucking Frankie Edgar on a daily basis does for you. He's a little machine and uh, he's on a fast track to the title and all that. That was very impressive. I expected that to be a cracker. Yes, I didn't expect it to be that one sided. One kick, bang. Ta-da. Brilliant. Put him to Kip. Mm. Nice. Um, they're the highlights from the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get excited about this pay per view card now. <laughs> Let's get that out of the way. Fuck that off. Here we it's go. U- <laughs> UFC 2. We spent more on weight cutting than actual fighting. <laughs> UFC 225 this weekend. Listen, mate. This is it, kid. This is Woo-wee. it. This is it. This is it. This is why we watch UFC. Mm. This is why mixed martial arts exists. Well, I'm going to. Cards like this. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going top to bottom. This is a box of Kleenex main card I'm going top to bottom right we're going okay. main event first okay yeah yeah because I've been waiting for Bobby for such a long period of time he had, a sta- he had his staff oh, infection fuck. he was out for such a period of time I'm thinking to myself come on Bob get yourself fit gets himself fit he's ready to rock and roll and to be fair I've kind of fallen for Yo Romero a little bit I've kind of fallen for him just a touch you won't believe what I've done what two weeks ago Ben Chilly gave me Bobby's number to get him on the show I totally forgot I totally forgot what do you mean he gave me his number to fucking line him up to bring him on the show before the fight. You've got, I totally you've forgot. got Bobby Knuckles' number, <laughs> and you thought to yourself, on the biggest fight week of the year so far, totally we'll forgot. get him on the show, and you didn't fucking book him. <laughs> totally forgot. Totally went out my head. Fuck. For those that are wondering how we've managed to get to back to back UK Podcast of the Year, oh, Sports man. Podcast of the Year awards, you'll note that I booked the majority of shit for this show. Right, <laughs> laughing boy is you only had one job. The UFC middleweight champion of the world. Uh, so if you were tuning in to get Bobby Knuckles on the show. Ah, oh, shit. Bobby Knuckles uh, isn't expecting our call, so we won't be uh, we won't be giving him a ring, sadly. Um, but he's taking on your Romero this weekend. Yeah. And what a fight, man. This has got it all, on it? 
it's brilliant because obviously since they both since the first fight, which was a belter, um, you know, Romero's gone away, man. He's doing the business and he's fucking got himself back on track. He's 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 back in the number one contender position, legitimately. Um it would have been nice if, if GSP was still around to face the winner. I think because both these guys are, have, have grafted hard to be climb on top of this middleweight division. And I think a few years ago, the, the most exciting thing is neither this, I don't think, well, maybe Romero, but no, certainly Bobby Knuckles when he was moving up from welterweight, we didn't go, oh, there's our future champion. No, not right at all. There. Not at all. And yet, it's only of late. And yet now he just looks fucking amazing. Of course, we're talking about Robert Whitaker. He just looks amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I just can't see this fight going anyway, but the same way as it went last time, even though Romero is looking uh, is looking like he's he's got the fire does, in his belly. All right, then does Romero change his tactics? Does he? He's got to he's got mm. to do something different. He's too predictable, yeah. And he relies on his, uh, his obviously Shooting. his strength, you know, his, his takedown ability. But Whitaker completely nullified that last time. I think Romero comes out throwing hands. I think he might throw Bobby Knuckles a little bit, but to be fair, I think Knuckle, I think Whitaker's just too good on his feet. Stop him. Uh, I think another stoppage could be on the cards. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then... He's class, man. Yeah, he is class. Listen, Bobby, Bobby's top 10 in the, in the world, pound for pound, I'm telling you. Bobby Knuckles will, in our opinion, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but will retain his middleweight crown. I believe so. Then you've got an interim belt, which has got us absolutely salivating because it's kind of over to these two lads now. We've seen a fight between Darren Till and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah he didn't catch fight, fire. And we said this on last week's show. Yeah, I thought it was fucking nice. Even, I've this, watched it three times oh, since. Oh, shut up. You're only doing it because you like to sing Neil Diamond, Sweet Caroline, that's, right? That's, let's be let's be honest with our audience. Just because he's your fucking mate, right? No, let's I thought be, it was a good fight. Let's be honest with our I mates. St- I still believe, maintain... Woodley versus maybe I'm too close to it, but Woodley, you, you are Wood, too. I'm telling you now, you're too close to it. Wonderboy right? till it didn't catch fire. No, it didn't. Right? No, it didn't. Let's stop there. It didn't catch fire, but our boy it was did, fascinating. Though it was, of course, it was. If yeah, you're yeah. a hardcore, if yeah, you're yeah, seriously yeah. like not one out of fucking weird bare knuckle shit that I'm going to talk about in a minute. Oh, right? We'll hell, get yeah. to that in a minute. But if you're if you're proper into it, yes, it was a fasc- fascinating chess match. Of course, it was, and I loved it. Yeah, but yeah. Take a step back. It didn't catch fire for the majority of fans. All right? So it's over to these two lads. And we've been saying it since the start. When all these welterweight fights got made, what did we say? We said, whoever fucking lights the other guy up, whoever puts in the best performance across all these three fights will get the shot. And you're right. The door is wide open for either Covington or RDA to do it in style this weekend. And we'll get the next shot. Because Usman bored the shit out of us. Absolutely. Um... Till one technical chess match. Yeah, but it didn't light the fans up, let's be honest. Even nope. though you still want to see Till again, it didn't light them up. Nope. So now, Covington, RDA, go and fucking do the business. Go and take it. Go and take the interim championship. Get on the microphone, rock it. You know that Colby's going to, if he wins, he'll get on the mic and he'll rock it. So it's it's a done deal if Colby wins in style, right? Yeah. RDA's a bit more of a classy operator. Mm-hmm. I 100% am in RDA's camp this weekend, man. I absolutely wanted to light this kid up because his step up, from lightweight to welterweight, RDA, I think he's been absolutely pitch perfect, step perfect, punch yeah. perfect. He's been brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. This is a proper test now at the weekend. Covington's been on a little bit of a, a little bit of a tear. It is time to for you to do the talking in the octagon rather than now with the, with your mouth, Colby. Can you live with a former lightweight champion? I think he can, but I hope he doesn't. I really hope he doesn't because I hope RDA does the business. I hope he just get, I hope he does the business on him, mate. It's just because I just have, have a thing. I haven't taken to Colby. I just haven't taken Nobody to him. Nobody has. <laughs> but Nobody I have has. really taken to 
Rafael Dos Anjos, he's, he was fantastic at lightweight. He stepped up to uh, this division. I think he's been brilliant. So let's do it, man. Let's do the business, Rafael. Let's, and what I like about Rafael as well is that he's remembered what he used to be good at. Yeah, Rather yeah. than fucking about, yeah, he's remembered yeah. what he used to be good at. And he's just doing it. He's playing by numbers now rather than thinking, oh, I can, I'm a Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist. I can strike or I can strike and I can do a bit of wrestling. Fuck that. Just go and do what your ace at. And he's doing it. Yep. Covington wins. <laughs> you let me rant for five minutes. Then you went, <laughs> yeah, Covington's going to win. I'm going to go with Covington. Um, not least because you've got my RDA. Um, I, I, it is a really close fight. And Bear in mind what I said. This I said I think he can live with him. I hope he doesn't, is what I said. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know what you said. Right, go on, Karen. You've gone with RDA. Because get, of, you get off the fence. You've fucking gone with RDA. Right. Heart. I've gone with heart, is what I've gone with. I'm going to go with Covington just purely because, man, he, he's, you know, let's be honest. He's a bit of a tit. But I think he's good. He's good for the division, man. He's bringing eyeballs to the division, whether that's positively or negatively. He's a complete tool. He's, he's having a go. Whether it's his real personality coming out or he's or he's playing a caricature, I don't even know. Um, I'd like to think it's just a caricature and he's going one step too far. I think all of Brazil is with you, wants him to get starts this weekend. But I, I can just see, I can see Covington getting his hand raised, rocking the mic for Woodley. And I can just see this narrative of Covington building up this fucking yeah. hatred and this negativity towards Brazil and Brazilian fighters. It's setting itself up for the massive showdown with Darren Till, who will get the whole of Brazil in his corner, supporting him against Covington for the title further down the line. I think that's that, that's a fight that can be made. So, How? How does Covington win then this weekend? Um, I think he might catch RDA. I think he might catch him. I think he has to. I think he might finish him. Yeah, right? beating him on the deck. No, he isn't. No, no. I just think he's... Uh, I just, I just think the momentum is with Covington, and, and I just think his confidence as well carries him through that. That arrogance, that yes, he's a gobshite, but there's a, it's tinged with arrogance. Right, this little fucking, that this level. little prick's getting lit up. You've got me wound up now, right? <laughs> he is getting lit up. Come on, Raphael, I'm gonna have a word with Darren. Teach me some Portuguese, and I'm gonna fucking tweet him. <laughs> Come on, son. The whole of Great Britain is behind you, Raphael. Most of the world's probably behind Raphael yeah. de Sanjos because he's a fucking really nice guy. I've spoke to Raphael a few times in my former life, but he, uh, I don't know. I just think, I just think it's with Covington, me. I'm going to go with Covington. Holly Holm. Uh, this is a belt of a fight, it, That was way. originally on the prelims, and yeah. then they thought to themselves, actually, what the fuck are we doing putting actually, Holly Holm on the prelims? Actually, this is actually quite good between her and Megan Anderson. Should we yeah. put it on the main event? Should we make people pay for it? Yes, yeah. let's do that. Sense, sense comes through. Yeah. It's a crack and fight. Absolutely brilliant fight. Obviously, the former champion and the girl that's uh, got all the potential in the world to be a champion. So, uh, I'm I'm fully signed up for this fight. I think it's going to be an absolute belt. I'd like to see Holly Holm come Course, through. Of course, man. She's skidding, man. Yeah, man. She's, she's on a skid. But I, I just think right now, again, I just think Gillian Anderson sees this as a world title fight. And Gillian then... Anderson? She's on the X-Files. Oh, shit, so... yeah, yeah. She's on the X-Files. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm going to wank over a fucking alien. Over Megan, yeah. This is, I was calling uh, Gillian Robertson, Gillian Anderson, yeah, the yeah, week yeah. as well. He fought Molly McCann. What, in Liverpool? Yeah, yeah. I was calling her fucking X-Files as well. You've got I'm a obsessed. thing. You've got a thing with Gillian Anderson, man. I know, yeah. Just call me Mulder. Uh, I just think the, the stage is set for Megas Anderson. This could be a coming out party and the fact that it's been moved up to the main card. Listen, I'm a huge fan of The Preacher's Daughter. I hope Holly Holm gets it done. I really do. Mm. But uh, kind of like RDA. I'm, I'm just going to go with all the... I'm going to go with all the, the, the other side, the... I'm going to go with me, me head and not me half for this show. And I just think uh, Megan Anderson emerges here as a genuine title contender. 
Um, that was swapped, by the way, prelim-wise, because that was the top of the prelims. Yeah. It, it's been swapped with Alistair Overeem. Poor. Which is now on the prelims, yeah, yeah. Against Curtis Blades. Yeah. Poor, poor lad. Mad fighter. You get knocked out against Francis Ngannou and basically you come back down to earth in the prelims. Yeah. From the main event pay-per-view, you've gone, son. Yeah. Poor lad, eh? Listen, and he should easily fucking deal with Curtis Blades, though, to be honest with you. I like Curtis Blades. He's yeah. a young kid with potential, but... Mm. You know, he shouldn't be able to live without over him. No, he shouldn't. And I'll tell you something regarding this at the weekend, because normally I'll have a bit of a kip, but there's yeah. so much boxing going on this weekend. Oh, I'm going to be awake for all this. I'll watch yeah. a little bit of the boxing, but normally, yeah. I, if, if there was no boxing on, normally what I would do is have a little bit of a kip and then get up maybe around about three o'clock, half past three, and start watching the main event, right? However, I've just mentioned, Alistair Overeem's on the, on the, on the prelims. Yeah. Claudia Gehella. Mm. Oh, oh. You know my girl. Kleenex. She is also on the prelims, as is Mirsa Bektic. Killer. Fucking hell. Mirsa, All man. on the prelims. I know. Sick. Have you seen who's on the prelim prelims as well? A boy? Your homeboy? Your homeboy? Is on the bypass prelims. My boy. Homies. Are you talking about Clay Guida? Are you talking about? Sergio Pettis? Rashad. Rashad's on. Sorry, mate. Rashad. Fucking hell. I know. Fuck it. What's he doing right down there? <laughs> I don't even look that far down sometimes when we're doing this type of show. I just go, we'll just get on with the fucking main Clay shit. Ge- Clay Guida with the curtain jerker, which they like to call it. He's the opener, isn't he? He's first on. And then Rashad, man. Fucking Rashad Evans. What is Rashad doing right down there? I don't know. My boy. Former world champion. Mate, CM Punk's higher up than that fucker. Oh, yeah, CM Punk's on this card. Yeah, that's, what, that's where I'm finishing this off, mate. mate listen. It's mad. It's a mad world that we live in now. You know, it. The UFC is owned by an entertainment company. When the former who former does the most champion is yeah. on the prelims, when a perennial lightweight title contender is on the uber prelims in Clay Guida as well, Mister Entertainment. As a few years ago, Clay Guida would fucking carry shows himself. He was so entertaining. Mm. They can't even get on the prelims. They're on the fight pass prelims. They're on the free fucking only see it on the internet prelims. It's insane. And on the opening up the main, is it fucking guy from WWE? Opening up the main card is a guy who's zero for one, zero for one in MMA. What the fuck is he even doing in the UFC, mate? It's mad. It is mad because listen, he's a big ticket seller. He's CM Punk, baby. I don't give a fuck. Put him on. Put him on first then. He's on first on the pay per view bit. That's what I mean. <laughs> put him on first. All first. In. Nah, mate. We got. Well, his debut, what did they pull on his debut? Half a million pay-per-view buys? Something like that. He did mad numbers on his first fucking effort. Mad numbers. And he got beat. I know. It's fucked up. He's not even a fucking mixed martial artist. No, he isn't. He's a pretend wrestler from the WWE. No. Mate, crazy. Isn't he he fighting a guy who's 0 for 1 as well? At least he's matched them properly now. He's fighting the truth, Mike Jackson. Yeah. Michael Jackson he's fighting this weekend. Back from the fucking dead. Michael Jackson taking on CM Punk. Dragged his carcass out of the coffin. Mate. Jamon, motherfucker. Uh, uh, Andrei Olovsky's also on this card as well. They're on the old pay-per-view, but fucking hell, man. I can't believe that Arlovsky's, all those guys are on the Arlovsky prelim. Fighting, Arlovsky's fighting a young... Uh, I, can't, I can't... Similar to Curtis Blades. He's fighting a young fucking heavyweight, isn't it? Tied to a visa. Uh, oh, yeah, bam, yeah. Bam. I like that kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that kid. Undefeated from Australia. He, he's class. He's yeah. class. So, the... the They've handed him a tough one there, haven't he? Jesus Christ, the pit bull. He's in for a hiding there. Yeah, but CM Punk on the pay-per-view bit, 
Whereas, as you just said, Rashad, Guida. Clay Guida's the curtain jerker. It's mad. Absolutely fucking mad. Alistair Overy. <laughs> Mate, if, if, you're, if you're CM Punk... You're fucking pissed. If you're not getting paid... Because the way it works, they ain't getting pay-per-view money, those lads. I don't know. Well, saying that, it's only usually the pay-per-view headliner that gets money. But you'll probably find that CM, CM Punk's Punk getting weighed in. Yeah, yeah, he will be, yeah. But the, Listen, how, how it, mad's it going to be, though, for CM Punk to walk down the corridor backstage and to walk past fucking Rashad Evans, for fuck's sake? Hmm. Like, you've just turned up at the venue, you haven't even got warmed up yet, and Rashad's walking out of the octagon, he's finished. How embarrassing for CM Punk. I hope CM Punk yeah. realises how fucked up this is. But you know what, I've seen the interview with CM Punk, and he was like, listen, I know, I, I should be probably fighting in social clubs, but don't hate the don't hate the player. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Again. Like, it is what it is. If someone wants to put me on pay-per-view, I'm going to fight. I just want to fight. If he gets beat, he gets cut. That's what I'm going to say. Listen. If he gets beat, he gets cut. If it, There ain't no cutting CM Punk. Because you've just said he fucking puts half a million numbers on the pay-per-view. Yeah, he does, he does. So there ain't no cutting him. There's only a, I don't want to do this no more. Okay. We'll keep you under contract, though, because you ain't doing it for anyone else. Uh, they, Which is a shame, because he could go to Bellator like fucking Michael Venom Page and just fucking fight cans. Oh, here he goes. He'll be undefeated for see his whole life. See how you just segued that into Michael Venom Page? Because you've gone from UFC 225, and now you just want to kick the fucking Michael Venom Page back, Michael. <laughs> Listen... He could go to Bellator CM Punk and get Delta Happy card. Yeah, easy. And fucking win. Aaron Chalmers card. Dozens of fights, exactly. He could be handed the right opponents. Whereas uh, Michael Venom Page is not only getting handed fucking But isn't that the whole nice. point, though? Isn't that the whole point, though? Why the UFC is the best of the best? Yeah. There is no one like that yeah. except CM Punk in the UFC. Yeah. And that's what makes the UFC so amazing. Mm. But because it's an entertainment business now, it's like... Fuck it, we've got to get to see him because he because he puts bums on you because he he sells pay per view numbers. What do you make of uh, takes the gloss off? What do you make of MVP? Obviously fighting in uh, mixed martial arts last week, and in two weeks he's stepping back into the boxing ring. Yep, boss, <coughs> you're gonna watch. What's he fucking doing? Right, I thought you've had a little bit of a flirt, you've had a little bit of a play. Sound now you're back over to mixed martial arts. Cool. You looked all right last time out, yep. but we called on last week's show. Right, let's get some proper opponents for you. Let's get Lima in there. Let's get Paul Daly in there. Let's get some proper lads that can give you a real test. Yeah. And now you're fucking off for Going two. Going back to boxing. And then th- three weeks later, you're fucking off for a game of boxing. To fight another can, by the way. What are you doing? What are you doing, Michael? Just waste you're just time. fucking about, mate. Nobody's taking you see All this, oh, I'm going to dominate both sports. No, you're not. No chance. You're not dominating both sports. It's like me playing my fucking four-year-old son at FIFA. I'm going to beat him. Yeah, yeah. Stop messing about. Concentrate on mixed martial arts because you're actually quite good at it and fight someone decent and give yeah. us a proper tear-up. Well, we both know in boxing he doesn't win a British title. Does he fuck? He doesn't get my- anywhere near a British title. That's a fact. That is a fact. So he just needs to focus on MMA because in MMA... Potentially, he could be amazing. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because we've never seen him fight anyone for fucking half. Good. We said last week he's got the X Factor thing, right? Now you've got to go and fight someone good. If you exactly. fight someone good and light them up, fuck me, you've got a superstar. Exactly. But until he does that, while he's just beating up on lightweights, just lightweights who walk forward, then what the fuck are we supposed to think? And then mm. now he's going back to boxing. He's he's done the boxing thing. He beat up some journeyman. Great. Why are you going to going to go and beat up another journeyman? Because you mm. certainly ain't going to get anywhere near a title shot. Mm. It just feels like a bit of a waste of time. But then Michael Venom Page's entire career feels like a waste of time to me. Yeah, Potentially, it could be amazing. But I just think we're going to look back in 10 years' time and go, do you remember that Michael Venom Page kid? No. I don't remember. You remember? Pokemon Boy. Yeah, the kid used to kick the cans about. 
Oh right, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. David is, mate. Isn't it a shame we never got to see him actually do anything in sport yeah. ever? Yeah. But then he's that's his background. He's from fucking karate point scoring, so he's not really. A, I don't know. Listen, I, I don't want to talk about him no more because he upsets me. Because potentially he could be something special. But in reality, will we ever find out if he is? I don't think we will. All right, then we'll talk about Yao Rodriguez then. Because that whole situation this week just been batshit crazy. He's out. They cut him. Then he's back on. And the fight that he didn't want, didn't want he's now taking at UFC 228 against Zabit. I mean, fuck me. It's a great fight. Yair against Zabit is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful fight, isn't it? Let's be yeah. honest. But what a weird situation to get themselves back to this point. I was speaking to a fighter about this as well, and uh, and I was like, you know, it's fucking outrageous. Can't believe the UFC are fucking making him fight Zabit. You know, he's just been lit up by Frankie Edgar. He's a young guy. You know, he's blah blah. You know, he needs time to rebuild and develop. And uh, and the fighter just turned around to me and was like, "He's in the UFC. The fuck are you talking about? Fights everyone. It's the best of the best." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right." Yeah, there is no going away and rebuilding. There is no going away and fucking taking stock. This is not fucking boxing with Amir Khan where you can piss off and choose your opponents for the next two years. This is the UFC, man. This is why the UFC, this is why we love this sport or this organization. Yeah. For, you know, this goes against everything we've just said about CM Punk, by the way. Forget that whole conversation just took place. <laughs> but the reason the UFC is fucking amazing is because the best fight the best. Nobody picks opponents, nobody fucking cherry picks the way around. If and if you enough, do, you get fight. You get binned off. As Dana said last week at press conference when we were in Liverpool, he went, if you're going to try and cherry pick your opponents, the UFC is not the place for you. There's plenty of other organisations that you can go and work for. The yeah. UFC is not for you. And that was the end of the matter. And yeah, then yeah. seven days later, the guy's back in the UFC. So God knows what's happened. Someone's reached out somewhere, haven't they? Well, of course, I think they've just gone back. They've, I think they've thought that by letting it know to the public... Public support would go, fuck, you can't force a man to fight Zabit. Blah, 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 blah. You can't force him. You know, he does it. And the UFC would go, okay, we're probably a bit rash. How about to fight with such and such? I just think the UFC have gone, no, oh, fuck you. And I think. You only come back, you can fight. You, you fight Zabit. Exactly. That's it. So he's come back and gone, well, you know, the, the fans aren't happy. Well, fuck. The Zabit fight's still in. No one else wants to fight him. Do you want it? And I, I think that's a bit like, oh, shit, yeah, I'm going to have to take it then, aren't I? Well, yeah, this is the fucking UFC. Again, it goes against everything we've just talked about with Phil Brooks, with, with Phil Brooks, with CM Punk. <laughs> Phil but, Brooks. I want him to just to be called Phil, Phil Brooks, Brooks from now on. We should just call him Phil, Phil Brooks. Phil Brooks, that's it. He doesn't deserve a title like no, CM Punk. No. He is Phil Brooks. That's it. Phil Brooks. Shit, Phil Brooks is on this MMA week. fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Open up the main card. Phil Brooks. <laughs> Zero and one. And it just hasn't got the same ring to it, has no, it? No, it hasn't, mate. Fuck's sake. But listen, this is the proper part of the sport now, and, and I just think, after having that conversation... <laughs> This is the proper part of the sport yeah. now. None of that. After having that conversation with said fighter, mm. it kind of woke me up and I was like, yeah, you're right. That's why I love UFC. I love the UFC. Yes, I, some, I take the piss out of Bellator and whatever else because I, I, I think people there do cherry pick their opponents and everything else. But UFC is not like that. UFC, aside from Phil, is the best <laughs> of the best and they fight each other and that's it. And there is no fucking hiding away from it. And I think... Turning down as a biff fight has ultimately bit him on the ass, and he's gone back, and they've gone, and they've gone no, this, that's the fight. Fair that's enough. why he's come back. UFC 228. Imagine now, though, how amazing it would be if fucking Yair lit him up. Yeah. 
<laughs> I hope he does. I like Yaya. Me too. I was I a big fan until Frankie lit him up. He's a massive talent. And, mm. you know, even after the Frankie loss, I was like, he'll be, he will come back again. He will rebuild. As, you know, if I'm a matchmaker, I'm still looking at that fight going, fucking hell. You've stitched Yair up a little bit there. You know, he's an exciting prospect. He's just been beat by a fucking legend in Frankie Edgar. As a matchmaker, it doesn't make perfect sense. But then this is the UFC and you can't turn down fights. So, mm. you know. It is what it is. Would Joe Silva, the old UFC matchmaker, have made that fight? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he would have. I don't know. Uh, just to finish off, what do you make of bare knuckle fighting? Did you watch it? I've watched bits of it. Yeah, me too. It's hard to watch. Do you know what? Um, it's hard to watch, man. Basically, it's like watching fucking kicking out time at Weatherspoons, mate. Is yeah, what it is. I feel like the, the mixed martial arts community's been swamped with it this week because it just went. It just happened in America for the first time. It was the first one in America. First legal one since yeah, yeah. eighteen eighty nine. Something bad like that. Yeah, but that's a bare knuckle fight. That but is. bare knuckle boxing champ fighting championships or whatever they're fucking called. I've been going in the UK for the last two years, mm. so they're quite regular. It was on at the Echo Arena. There was supposed to be a couple of yeah. ex UFC fighters on it and whatever. Yeah. Phil Baroni was supposed to be on it, but they pulled out and whatever. Yeah. So it's not that shocking to us because we've kind of had it going on because it was the first time in America. All the MMA websites were there. They sent someone to cover it and stuff like that. And they were all like, oh, this is fucking mad. It's like car crash. And I don't know whether it's going to get that much press as it continues, but whether it was just the first one, I don't know. But I watch bits of it and I'm like, listen, you know, if I wanted to watch fucking fat fellas punching each other, as you say, bludgeoning each other, then... You know, rock up outside any Yates in every in any city in England on a Saturday night. Grab a couple of fucking grab a four pack and sit in the car park and watch it happen. You know, it, it is what it is. There's not a lot of skill involved. From what I could see, it was all just fighters who have basically failed in mixed martial arts or boxing, or just trying to coin it in at the back end. And all they're doing is fucking smashing their hands in and making sure that they'll never be able to hold a fucking cup of coffee again. I didn't get much out of it to be honest. No, I didn't. I watched. It, I watched. Thing. I flicked it on. And it just, it, it, not that it was uncomfortable. Like I think you nailed it there. There wasn't any skill. No. So when I watch boxing, when I watch mixed martial arts, there's a proper like last week. I know that we said that it didn't necessarily catch fire with the fireworks, but it was chess. Yeah, yeah. And I like watching. Hey, what's going to go on here but, now? But there's that many ways you're watching yeah. a fight going. Fuck! Is he going to take him down? Is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? Is, once it hits the ground, is this going to develop? Yeah. And in boxing, it's the sweet science. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's the it's the style of being hit and not being hit. Whereas that, whereas I, that was just fucking swinging for each other's let's face. Let's have it. Yeah, just just you know, swinging away. They call it bare knuckle boxing. Yet they've all got wraps on. I never quite. I don't quite get that. Nah, mate. It's not bare knuckle. Fucking one, is it? go and watch some Kimbo Black slice. Boxing. That'll get you going. That'll, yeah, exactly. that'll get you. That's up. what it is. It's just kind of fucking legal backstreet brawling, isn't it? Let's mm. be honest. And and similar type of characters that you would see in the old Kimbo videos were in those fights. Mm. Did not for me. Anyway, we're done uh, for this week. Thank you very much. You can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Fight Disciples. You can get all your Android feeds on fightdisciples.com and we're all over social media at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Don't forget to go to our YouTube channel because we've reposted an interview that we did uh, a couple of years ago uh, with Michael the Count Bispin to celebrate his two-year anniversary of becoming the champion and obviously to uh, commemorate his uh, fantastic career as he retired from mixed martial arts competition uh, last week. Um, make sure you subscribe we'll catch you next time thank you for listening if you like what you heard subscribe via iTunes